Okay, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We're on a our a crash course to get into the presidency of 2020. We're on our way to the 2020 presidential election. And right now we have a lot of people running for president. A lot of people, you know, putting their presidential everything together for their little campaign. And the Democrats and the Republicans, who usually are the winners, you know, they got they got their representatives, which is Donald Trump for the Republicans and you know, Joe Biden for the Democrats. Now, I don't know how you feel about these two people. I don't know how you feel about these two parties. Most of the people, most of, you know, most people in the United States, they identify as a Republican or a Democrat. And that's the battle that they fight through their vote. You know, Republicans are going to vote for Donald Trump. Aside from the fact that, you know, Donald Trump is obviously a horrible leader. He's not even a leader. He's an he's a owner. He he's the kind of guy that just, you know, he knows how to own things. He doesn't understand, you know, how to work for other people. He doesn't have that etiquette. He doesn't have a work ethic, you know, like it's about other people working for him. And a lot of people see this as a great president, a, a, a great leader, when actually this is a horrible leader. You know, a leader is a great leader is supposed to be able to take direction. That's one thing that Donald Trump is not going to do. He's not going to take direction from anybody, especially as president. And a lot of people will probably say the same thing about me. They'll be like, well, Marcus, you're not you're talking about becoming a dictator. A dictator doesn't take direction. And, you know, traditionally, that's the truth, you know. Dictators don't usually take direction, you know, from anybody because they're like, they're dictators. They're, you know, they're pretty much kings. So, and, you know, you know, my presidency will be, you know, a lot like that. It'll be a, it'll be a dictatorship. However, this dictatorship is going to be based, is based on me following the lead of the people. I mean, the, actually, it's, it's more so me following the lead of history. I mean, in order for, and it's not, just, it's not just people in history, it's following the lead on, like, pretty much, like, the narrative and the problems following the, you know, like we have a lot of problems in the United States. We have a whole lot of problems in the United States. And in order to and, and the problems are huge because these problems are embedded in the way that we are governing ourselves. So. To a dictator, it's going to take a dictatorship, which basically is more powerful than you know, a democracy like a dictatorship like North Korea. Kim Jong-un is actually the most powerful man on the planet because he has all the power of the poorest country in the world. He has all the power of that country invested into just him. 
And therefore, with him, even with that, even with it being the, the most poorest country in the world, it still renders him the most powerful man in the world because all that power is invested into him. The problem is Kim Jong-un is, doesn't have anything to offer the people that are following him. I mean, he's fo- they're following him as a god. He's, a, he's their god. They worship him and they worshiped his, his, his father and he came up in this situation. I mean, so what they're feeding into is this self-indulgent, you know, like uh, mentality. It's 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 not even honorable. I mean, it doesn't have it. Did, the output is nothing. This is the reason why Korea is the poorest country in the world. I mean, there's nothing coming out of that. It's just great military might is all they're standing for. And they don't even have the greatest military might in the world. I mean, the United States, which is a democracy, has the greatest military might in the world. I mean, these guys are not going anywhere. Kim Jong-un is because Kim Jong-un doesn't isn't trying to go anywhere. He does. He doesn't even have the power to take them anywhere. He doesn't have he doesn't have the power to take them anywhere because it, you know, the intellect he doesn't even come. He doesn't have the background of like like us Americans to actually, you know, be intuitive enough to think outside of his, you know, out of, out of outside of who he is and think about the future of, you know, what I'm saying of everybody in, in, a, in a setting of equality. He's never he doesn't see himself as an equal with his people. He doesn't understand the, you know, the power of equality amongst people and and each individual he thinks that he is the most powerful and he should be the most powerful so it's it's like he's stagnating the growth of his country he's stagnating his own growth his own growth was stagnated so i mean in a room full of like intelligent people kim jong-un would be the least intelligent and this is because of his background this is because of he came up in a totalitarian regime, you know, it's because of the mindset of North Korea, you know, and North Koreans and and all this. And he's a product of that. So he's not he doesn't understand democracy the same way that we do. We were born in it. We understand the powers of democracy. Now, this dictatorship in America is based on the reality of a dictatorship has power. Right. My dictatorship is based on the reality that there is a use for that much power. Now, a dictatorship in America would be the most powerful dictatorship in history. It would, you know, and it would be the reason we need this dictatorship is for one, we have to. Consolidate all the power that we have and all the resources and all the people that we have in America and focus it to a focal point and apply it to not only reinvent the government, but reinvent the way that we all live together. And in order to do that, we have to create a digital system, a new digital government system, online System that is the most elaborate and most advanced system ever built because we're talking about a decentralized ledger. 
and a social media website and a digital currency, we have to create so much. Then we have to incorporate our bureaucracy of our government. We have to do all of this. We have to secure all of this and put it all on one on one exchange. Okay, and this is the most awesome exchange in the world. Now, for us to say, okay, well, let's figure out if Congress is going to be cool with this and then try to explain all of this to every individual in Congress to the point to where we educate. We got to educate every single every single person in government has to be educated. Then we have to turn around. We have to figure out how to vote on it. We have to get people's votes. And if we don't have the votes, then we have to wait till people make sense enough to vote. And this is all going to take an extreme amount of time because all of these people in government are quite old. They're very old. All these people, their minds are not as keen to understanding things. A lot of them aren't even operating on social media. So it's this is a whole totally different culture for them. And. They're uncomfortable with it. So it's likely they won't even vote for it anyway if they totally understood it. So the, because it would render them useless in the first place. I mean, the moment they see what this is really all about as representatives of the people, they're going to realize we're getting rid of our own job. We're voting ourselves out of out of out of power. So they're not going to do it. Therefore, <laughs> We need a a dictatorship. okay? and I'm stressing this very openly and very straightforward because. It it, it's imperative that people that I be transparent as a dictator with the reality of the situation, because it's that's a very sensitive situation. And, And. And I need everybody to understand exactly what we are about to do. But also people need to understand what the point of of us doing it is. Why are we doing this? We are doing this to increase democracy. You know, we're 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 doing this to make it where everybody will have one vote because this system is is going to make it where every person only has one vote. So a representative will not have a hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, twenty million votes. No representative is going to have all these votes. Every representative will only have one vote. Every person will only have one vote, and every person will will be a representative. You see, that's the difference in that system and this system. Now, we'll still have the office of the mayor and we will still have the office of the governor and we still will have the office, you know, all these different offices in place. And the only reason we'll get rid of those offices is really those offices will our our system will be upgraded to a point where, you know, those offices will no longer be needed. You see, I'm not coming in and saying, Oh, we're just going to just, you know, saying get rid of all the government and then everybody just do what you want to do. It's not it's not that simple. It's not that simple. What you know, we're talking we're talking about a transition because, see, 
we have to trans we we have to we have to we have to change over from a from a digital from from a from a from a, a cumbersome system that we that we're in right now to a digital system. And the way that we do that is slow and gradual. But it's not going to be but it's going to be super fast, you know, when you compare it to all the changes that we've had in the past. I mean, it took 7 years for us to write the constitution from the original writing of the Articles of Confederation. After the independent, after the you know, said the War of Independence, it took us seven years to 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 put together the Constitution. Okay, this new system. I mean, we're going to be moving at lightning speed compared to that because we're going to be making changes and we're going to be fixing things at a at a at a rate of like probably seven days or seven minutes. I mean, once we figure, once we see that this isn't working, there's too much traffic over here and confusion. We're going to fix that intersection like immediately, you know, right now, the way our government is operating, it's two years, three years, you know, because we have to wait to the next election cycles, two, three and four years to fix things because we have to wait for election cycles. And that's what's slowing our government down big time right now. It's still taking years. People still have to. You know, they change a law and then people have to be going and we won't know to change a law until like a bunch of people have suffered. Once we see that this is not working, this law is not working, then we have to change it, reverse it, redo it. And that could take two, four, seven, maybe even 30 years in some cases, like with marijuana. I mean, it's not working. You know, it's just like prohibition of alcohol. But it's going to take forever to straighten that out because it's this gang mentality in government and everybody has to be delegated with whoever their representatives are. All these representatives, I mean, have to be delegated with who's ever representing them. It's 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 a it's a system that is super inefficient. You know, it's not it's more efficient and it's way more productive than Kim Jong Un's dictatorship because it is a democracy. However, it is too slow. It is way too slow to reflect the real values of the people under that, that are operating within the system. So in order for us to change the system effectively, which means efficiently and fast, you know, you know, so that we can start like not we can start helping everybody instead of this system, you know, victimizing enough people to where, OK, let's make a small change. I mean, that's what we're doing. Like with the with the weed law, you know, all these people are being affected. Oh, okay. Well, the statistics are saying we need to do something. Okay, so what are we gonna do? Um, well, I'll tell you what, we'll make it to where, you know, uh people won't get so much time for marijuana. <laughs> okay, because that's what we've changed so far. We've changed it to where just people don't get as much time. And we it's still the problem is still here. The problem is the people are you know, have delegated to smoke weed. The people have decided to smoke weed, but the government has not decided that that's OK with for them. So the government are punishing these people for their for their choices, which are, you know, legitimate choices. They're within the Constitution. You know, these people, the Constitution, basically, you have a lot of people out there who, you know, they, they want to use the technicality of what the Constitution represents. But in reality, the Constitution on a basic level is just saying, you know, it's all about freedom, you know, to pursue happiness. Right. OK, so smoking weed is literally 
the mark of freedom. That is pursuing happiness. People be stressed out, bored, whatever, and smoking a, a joint will simmer their, you know, send their anxiety, things of that nature. So this, they're they're seeking to be happy, and they, the only reason people smoke weed is because it makes them happy. So there's no there's no reason the government should be punishing people for smoking weed. It's not even a big enough danger to the system of their body for the government to have interest in in, in stopping people from smoking weed. But the people. Most of the people are afraid for their jobs, so they won't really stand up for smoking weed. And because smoking weed has been has been stylized as just a thing that that um, bad people do. So all the people who think they're good won't smoke weed. And then if they do smoke weed, they won't they won't stand up for it. They won't, you know, rep, uh, political representatives. They will even if they smoke weed like Bill Clinton. You know, he kind of obviously used to smoke weed or at some point smoked weed, you know, but he's not going to stand up for people who are smoking weed. Same thing with Obama. You know, they're not going to stand up for people that are smoking weed. And in their mind, we have bigger problems than weed. So weed gets put on the back burner because it's not, you know, it's 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 not it's not a priority. And and that's far from the truth. Every every issue in America is a priority. You know, people going to jail is causing financial issues, you know, because you're destroying people's lives because they smoked weed. You're 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 changing people's lives because they smoke weed. You're changing their lives for the worse. And this is causing all kinds of issues. It's destroying families. It's killing our economy. It's the, the, the list goes on with the problems that are coming from people smoking weed. And it's not even the fact that the people are smoking weed that's causing the problems. It's the problems that the, that the law, the U.S. government is attempting to uh, eradicate the people who smoke weed. The, the government is attempting to quarantine people for smoking weed and destroying their lives for smoking weed. So we need a person that will go into the White House and will straighten this out. And basically dictate that weed is legal now. A, a president can do that. But, the, but then again, that's another reason why I'm running for president. Because uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden, neither one of these men will advocate the legalization of marijuana. Neither one. And the reason why is because they're playing the game of politics for one. Second, they are against smoking weed. It doesn't matter. That's just like a person that's running. Uh, uh, Thomas Jefferson was for slavery. He was the president and he advocated for slavery. They already had a law for slavery. He's not going to get rid of slavery because he's with slavery. He's, he believes in it. He believes that black people don't deserve to be free in America. So it's like these are the people that are represented. These are these are our representatives in America. And they're, they're, it's not about whether slavery is profitable. It's not about whether uh, smoking weed is right or wrong or slavery is right or wrong. It's about what, you know, what the Constitution says, which is every, you know, citizen deserves, you know, freedom and equality. OK, now, if we're going to go by that doctrine, which is the Constitution, which we should go by, because this is what the social contract is, then we not only have to free the slaves, but we also have to allow citizens to smoke weed. Now, see, that is me. 
That is me. That is Marcus Sykes. You know, I'm saying that we have got to, you know, go with the Constitution. I'm not trying to take the constitutional rights from people. You know, as a dictator, North Korea, those people don't have individual rights. There's only one right, and there is the right of the dictator. Okay, the dictatorship under me in the United States is not based on that. It's based on affirming and confirming the law the, the law under the Constitution, the Constitution, equality for all and freedom for all. Those are the two principles that this dictatorship is based on. It's not it's based on enforcing the Constitution for every individual, not just rich, white, celebrity, you know, whatever, you know. Whatever, you know, it's which is the tradition of, of America. It's about giving everybody free rights. Give everybody their rights. You know, in the past, a lot of things were done in the United States and people's rights were taken. And now we it's our job because this is we're alive now. And all those people in the past, they're dead. So now it's our job to set everything right. But through this system that we have right now, it's a gradual change. It's too gradual for it to make sense when we have the means to speed things up. And we need to speed things up because it takes a lot of advancement to give everybody the equality and the freedom that they deserve. Our system is not designed around that. Our system was designed around white supremacy. So therefore, this is the we're living in the remnants of white supremacy. And this is something that white people understand, but they don't see it as a real thing because they don't feel that way. They don't feel as if they're white supremacist. They don't walk around, you know, talking about white supremacy, white people, black people like they're superior or anything. They don't even see white superior white supremacist groups. They're actually against them, like the KKK, Nazis, uh, Germany, all that. They're against all of that. But the reality is they're playing the same game that their forefathers did and that all the white supremacists have been playing. So now it's time for us to play the true American game, which is freedom and equality for all citizens. So that is where I'm going. With this dictatorship. First, we need to arrest the United States government, not the people. The people are well within their rights and their rights is, are to be protected. So during the dictatorship, your right to bear arms, your right to conduct business, commerce, go to church, religion, all of that still stands. This constitution still stands. However, we're about to reorganize the structuring of the governing body of the United States. We're about to set aside a whole bunch of rules and regulations within the system that are violating the people who support the system. For example, the NSA was violating our right to privacy under the Obama administration. 
Now, I think that Obama was the number one president in all of the history of the United States. However, he was not perfect. Obama allowed the people to be uh, the, 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 the United States government to violate the rights of the people. He allowed this situation to go down. Now, I understand what was told to him. Well, we're doing this for the purpose of securing, you know, our borders so that there's no terrorism. But this was used for all kinds of purposes, namely to make money off of the citizens. They took a lot of drug dealers to jail. A director at the NSA did an interview with I forgot who the um, who the who, who the anchor was. But they did an interview and they said that these <laughs> these agents were taking information and looking for information based on drug dealers. And they would use that information to pinpoint who all were drug dealers and where they were located and what they were doing. And then they they, they would hand this information over to these agents. Then these agents would turn around and then they would. Uh, they would they would basically create evidence to use in order to to um in order to to arrest and charge these people, leaving out completely the 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 situation of how they got the drugs and what brought them to their attention. Because if they did that, then they would have totally eradicated the case itself because that was a violation of privacy and the NSA would have been in violation. In all of these cases, and there were dozens and dozens and dozens of these cases. Okay, and, 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 and believe it or not, government agents don't have to arrest you. They can negotiate deals with you, which a lot of agents are doing. They're d- negotiating deals with the higher up drug dealers because these guys are not dealing with drugs per se. They're just negotiating things. So. These these agents, you know, of the U.S. government and we've got them from the police all the way up to the DEA. They're negotiating deals with drug dealers. They're negotiating other in other words, with terrorists because that's what drug dealers are considered, you know, on higher levels. And they're negotiating with them for money and they have the, the leeway to do so because, I mean, nobody knows about these people. Now, see, this is you don't even have to know about and see the evidence of this to know that this is what happened. You don't have to know that the messed up part about all of this is it's all based on constitutional violations. And see, what a lot of people don't understand is your right to privacy gives you the right to do and and sell drugs and whatever you want to do. That's against the, that's against government regulations. You're, you, you legally have the right to do all that as long as long as you don't get caught. You know, a lot of people don't understand that. But, yeah, you do have the right to do all of this. Therefore, if they because if they violated your constitutional rights in getting this information that you're doing all this, all of that, all that that case will be destroyed no matter how much drugs you have, because you do have rights. And that's the difference between an American and a, and a Korean, a North Korean. And what but this this situation of violating the constitutional rights of the people. OK, 
That's a serious thing right there. That's very serious. The United States government is violating the people's rights. The United States government is violating our rights. And now it's time for us. Now it's time for us to set the, set the situation right. For drugs to be illegal is, uh, that's a, that's, that's a, that's, the reason they talk about drugs being illegal and they want drugs to be illegal is because it's a public safety issue. You know, this person's doing cocaine, crack, they're going to become a cocaine, crack addict. And then therefore this working person who's making a life better for themselves and, and building a family that's great. They are destroying that family and they're destroying themselves. So this validates taking away people's rights of you know, freedom to pursue happiness. And that is like, that is why people go along with the law against crack, heroin, meth, and all this. This is the reason why people go with that. Because not only are they destroying their lives, but they're also destroying the lives of the community and the people around them that in that community, because for one, they're turning their community into a danger zone because there's drug activity right next door and there could be gunfire and, you know, somebody could get hurt. So this is a public safety issue. So in order to make it right, we just make it illegal. But this is not working. Taking away the rights of people simply is not working. It's not working. Violating people's constitutional rights is backfiring because the police, they're destroying, you know, people's lives. They're destroying their life. You know, they're out here killing people in the name of the drug war. And it's turning your neighborhood into a war zone. You know, this is the... The, the problem of guns and, and drugs and all and, and gang activity and all of this is fed by the violation of the constitutional rights of the people. You see, this is this is this is the reason we're having the problem. We're having the big drug problems. And then it's like we're turning people into drug addicts. The United States government is actually turning people into druggies. Because once you get caught with some cocaine or some crack, if you're not white with a lawyer, I mean, just being white can help you because, unfortunately, racism is still a thing in America. And it's a it's a thing mostly amongst the older white men in America and and the older white people of America. And all of those people are judges <laughs> They're populating all the offices in the, in America. So therefore, if you're white, they will find some sympathy for you and they will try to uh, give you another chance at life. They will probably try to give you three or four chances at life, whereas a black person, they'll give you a chance at life, but they're likely to get fed up with you. Maybe the first time you do something or the second, third. You know, and they're, they're, they're going to impose harsher sentences. In, in almost every state of the union, black people are being given harsher sentences for the same crimes. And so that, become, that, that creates a wedge between the whites and the blacks because the population understands and knows this fact. I mean, this is what people are complaining about right now. So 
it's it's unfair. It's un, because it's unequal. We're violating the Constitution. You know, we're we're doing it so small in a, in such a small way that a lot of people are willing to say, okay, well, as long as we're safe, you know, it's it's all good. You know, and that's going back to the totalitarian ideas of North Korea. And it's like, no, no, America is not about just rich white people. Okay, it's about everybody having. You know, you know, their right to be independent and free, not just rich white people or happy white people or happy, you know, you know, but it comes down to that. Because when you put everybody on a scale, it's like that's what a judge is doing. How should I punish this person? You know, I got I can give them probation or I can give them 50 years in prison. What should I do with this person? OK, that's a lot of leeway. And so when this person is making a judgment, they're they're judging them on a scale, a scale from from one to ten. What does this person look like? They look like a, a gangster. You know, he's black. That's what gangsters all gangsters are today in the United States are considered black. You know what I'm saying? So, OK, he's black. He's got some tattoos. OK, that's another you know uh, thing against him. Um, he's been in trouble before. That's another thing against him. So, okay, I'm going to be trying to give you a little more time, if not as much as I can give you. And it's not even, we're not even talking about the nature of your crime or if you've actually violated somebody's rights or if there's a victim or anything, we're not even talking about that. I'm already looking at you, just looking at you. I'm thinking about giving you. So what I'm doing is I'm prejudging you. I am racially profiling you as a judge, as a jury. We are looking at people and classifying them. And that right there is a horrible precedent under the doctrine of Constitution. You know, and this is what we're doing. And we're saying, oh, well, it's OK because it's about public safety. But it's no. This is what's causing the public to be unsafe because that person is going to not change who they are for the better. They're going to become worse because for one, you're taking them to prison and you're giving them all this time. They're going to resent you and they're going to resent society now because they know that how they're being treated is unfair. They can't explain it or defend themselves in court because they need a lawyer. They can't even afford one. So they took a public defender who is already over, you know, overloaded with cases and who also has a bias. So he is not going to care as much about you and he's already prejudiced against you. So therefore, you're going to prison. You know, you didn't. It wasn't fair. You know, it wasn't right. So now you have a chip on your shoulder. And this is the, re- the main reason why prison is dangerous, because you got a lot of people in there with a chip on their shoulder because they know that they are, you know, this isn't a fair practice. It wasn't fair that they ended up there. They accepted as their responsibility. They accepted, you know, but the reality is deep down, they know that they're not a bad person and that this was done to them mostly because of who they are, you know? And so we have to set that right. I am stepping out to set that right. Because if we set that right, then the gangs and the gangsters will lose power. Okay, the gang life is going to lose power. Why? Because people will find way bigger opportunities over here to live life the way that they want to live. 
See, the problem with the people who are who are on the high side of life, they look down upon people that are on the lower side of life. They think that these people are of lower intelligence. Therefore, they are lower of worth. And it doesn't matter what color. You could be a white person, a black person who has a lot of money and everything and a great job and look at a white person with tattoos and all this. And you're a judge. You're going to judge them the wrong way, too. You know, you're going to you're going to decide that that's that's not a good person in your mind. And then you're going to it's going to reflect in your judgment upon them. And that person is going to resent you themselves, their life and people around them. And that person is just going to become that much more dangerous because that person is now in a suicide. Their life is a is a a suicide story. It's slow suicide. They probably are scared. So they'll real to to fight back in an effective way or a military type of way, which is grab guns and go kill up a bunch of officials. Most of them are not going to do that. Most of them are going to turn their um, their abusiveness inside in towards them. They're going to start abusing themselves, which is basically drugs. You know, they are going to say, "Okay, I want to feel better about myself. So I'm going to get high so I can get my mind off all this pain. And then at the same time, you know, I'm killing myself and I know it, but I'm okay with that because I I don't really want to live anyway. I can't get a job. Only thing I can do is drugs to enjoy my life and until hopefully it's over. I mean, this is the reality for a lot of people. And our system is more responsible for this because people themselves are all exactly alike. Every person just wants to make a better life for themselves. Even the most craziest gangsters, uh, thugs, pimps, all this, they all just want a good life. They were never afforded that. They never had the opportunity for that. Now, many would argue and say, well, no, you got the same opportunities as everybody else because we're living in the same time and it's all these jobs and everything out here that you can do. But once you get some kind of record or once you've been through the system, It not only changes the physicality and the reality of your ability to make a life for yourself, but it also changes the person mentally. You know, for a person to go through a bunch of trauma is going to downgrade their ability to even think straight. A lot of people can't think straight and and their visions are clouded, not because of not because of the drugs that they're doing, but mostly because of the, 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 the experience that they've had. So now they have a defective way of looking at things. They are themselves are considered defective. They're living a defective life. So doing drugs is the only effective thing that they can do to cope with that situation. So, okay, how do we fix all this? How do we fix all this and make this right? Well, the the answer is. The answer is 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 it goes against everything that we believe in right now. It goes against everything that we're doing. It's the exact opposite. Because, see, when you're driving in a car and you're going the wrong way down the wrong road, okay, then you have to turn around and you have to go back through all that that you already passed. Then when you get to that fork in the road, you got to turn the other way and then go that way. So in order for us to fix this, we have to turn around and say the exact opposite. We have to turn around and say, okay, you're not a bad person for smoking weed. You're not a bad person because you smoke some crack. You're not a bad person because you smoke meth. You're not a bad person because you smoke heroin. 
And that is the opposite of what everybody believes. It doesn't matter who you're talking to. They believe that unless it's their family member because they know that that family member is not a bad person. They just started doing something bad to themselves. They know this. They're not even doing it bad to other people. They're doing it to themselves by getting high all the time because they are in a glass half empty lifestyle. Okay, so we all as a community, as a nation have to say, okay, look, this is doesn't make you a bad person because you got high. You're not a messed up person because you get high. You know, this is not something if we're all Christians, it's not our job to send you to hell because you chose to get high. You know, if this is heaven, we're not going to send you to hell because you smoked a blunt or because you got high on crack, cocaine, heroin, meth or whatever. Instead, what we're going to do. We are going to give you your freedom to make not only a decision on whether you get high or not. See, that responsibility, giving a person that responsibility is just like uh, running, a, uh, run, running a business. If you're, if you're running a business and you try to macro manage all of your employees, let's just say you have an office and you're trying to macro manage all the people in this office. Every single individual, every little thing that they're doing on a computer, everything that they're saying, you're trying to macro manage every single little part. Then what you're doing is you're taking away the responsibility of the of your employees. This agitates them because they don't even see a reason for them to be there now because they're not really doing anything. They feel boxed in by you looking over their shoulder. No one wants to be looked at like that unless they're on a TV show or something, then they want people to look at it because they need to make sure it looks good. Okay, but the average person doesn't need to be macro managed to that extent to where everything they're doing is being videotaped and everything and every move that they make, it's being approved or disapproved. In some positions, this makes sense, but not in all positions. Okay, now this is the position of real life we don't need to be macro managing people. You know, we're macro managing people telling them you can and can't do drugs. We're macro managing them what they do with their body. And it's like, no, we're going to give you the responsibility as America. We're going to give you your rights back. We're going to give you the responsibility to make a decision for your own life. And hopefully you make the right decision. We're going to promote the right decision. We're going to show and exhibit the right the, the right decision. But we're going to leave that decision up to you. Okay, that's the first step. Basically, that's legalizing everything. Now, the way I'm talking about legalizing everything is not saying, oh, well, now anybody can do whatever drugs they want to do. No, if the, the path will be created for those who want to do this, just like with all drugs, you know, you have to go to a doctor, you have to get permission, blah, 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 blah. It won't be that it won't be that scrutinized. You're not going to have to go to a doctor unless there are complications between you and a drug. No, what you're going to have to do, you're going to you're going to have to sign up. You're going to have to get license to do and possess and sell and distribute and drugs and things of that nature. Otherwise, you won't have that ability to do all that legally. Now we're talking about. Okay, you violated 
uh, the law when you didn't have to. Okay, we're going to we're going to police the situation in a totally different way. The way I'm talking about doing it is setting it up where people will have a card. People will register as a drug user and people will report all the drugs that they use and everything through the use of this card. People, we will have a record of all drug deals and all the drugs people are doing, but we will not be violating the privacy of these individuals. We will not be negotiating what these people are doing and, and, and putting their name in computers and, oh, they can't become a governor. Why? Because, well, they do heroin or they do crack cocaine like at least three times a year. No, we can't have that. No, no, we're not going to judge. You're going to give everybody their privacy. And whatever drugs you're doing, you will be secure in your situation. Nobody's going to have anything to do with that unless there's a situation where there's a car wreck or something of this nature where somebody got hurt. And then, well, we need to see and understand was drugs involved with this. And I mean, even right now today, nine, a, a lot of people are dying through car wrecks. And it's rare that anybody tests positive for the use of drugs in these cases. I mean, we're talking 3,000 people a day. And rarely, rarely ever are people testing positive for drugs while driving. The problem where people are losing their, their life over drugs is when the government is coming in and destroying their life. This is the problem that we're having. So I'm saying... As the dictator, because to try to push all of this through Congress for every single drug, that is going to be a that's at least a 40 year endeavor. And nobody it's not fair to make anybody dedicate 40 years of their lives just to get all these different drugs legalized. That wouldn't even make sense to anybody. So. So we're going to set it all straight. You know, within a with within three months under the dictatorship of Marcus Sykes in the United States, we're going to settle the drug problem right now. We're going to put the brakes on right now. And then we're going to we're going to turn this car around and we're going to go back through all the stuff that we done did wrong. And then we're going to go set there. Then we're going to go the right way, which is. The way of the Constitution, you know, giving people their rights. People deserve their rights. If one person deserves their rights, then we all deserve our rights to be intact. And that's just the only way to really do this. So the dictatorship is just about speeding this process up. Now, the new system, America 2.0, which is a highly sophisticated digital system that's very user friendly and easy to use, but yet but yet highly secure. This system, once it's created and up and going and people are on it. okay, now the the dictatorship is dissolved. See, the dictatorship is like a pencil that draws out. And that draws out and writes up this new system. And once it's done, the pencil is erased. The pencil itself is gone because we used all the lead up. 
drawing the picture because it was such a detailed picture. We needed this pencil. It's this is this. We had to keep sharpening it and getting it. Keep sharpening it, using it. Keep sharpening it, using it. We had to shade in this area. We are pretty much using the pencil. By the time this thing is done, the pencil will be used up, and it still won't be completely done. But the 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 people will do will finish it. It will continue to finish itself. The drawing has come alive. It is finishing itself now. The people who are looking at the drawing are are changing it up in their minds and they're reflecting off of it. You know, this is why I call this a creative change instead of a a, a, a war where we're killing each other. No, we're just going to go in with this dictatorship and create the new system. This new system will probably people are going to hate the idea. People are going to despise the idea because they're against a dictatorship for one, because they're against technology for for second, because of all kinds of reasons. But this is the same issues that everything that comes around that's new. You know, when car when 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 uh, when when television first came around, <laughs> uh, movies in Hollywood felt threatened. So they created the Hollywood Walk of you know, Walk of Fame and all this just to keep movies, you know, you know, popular, just to keep people coming back. They created 3D movies, so they upgraded, you know, they upgraded and changed the advantage of going to a movie to solidify that going to a movie was still a good thing. And you know, this is the same thing. Like, it's going to be a lot of changes because everything is going digital. I mean. But, okay, once you get to working this system, you're going to find that this is great. And there's no reason we should go back to that 1920s. Everybody standing in line and sign this piece of paper and all of this old lifestyle. We're going to leave the old world completely behind. You know, anybody who is progressive will easily see that this is the ticket. This is our future. Anybody on social media who has been doing it long enough understands that this is the ticket because social media is a form of communication. Unfortunately, it's being used. The invention of social media is being used to extort the people for money. The system, they found out how to get people on there and then how to profit from them being on there. So it almost had no other choice but to become this. But this is not the point of it. This is not the point of the system of social media. None of them have this. This is not the basics. This is just how companies operate and how they survive. And because the point of every company is to make money off of people. Okay, but the people are not on there simply because of that. The people are on there because this is working for them. It is giving them something. It is giving them the communication that they need. It's the, communi- the communication that they they want, you know, and it works the way that is user friendly for them. So our government in the same way, we need communication buffers. We need it to be the way that people want and we need it to be the way that people need. There's a communication between a company and people about how something should work and therefore products upgrade. The iPhone has upgraded, 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 upgraded 
because it's becoming more based on what we the people are suggesting it to be. Apple is not designing, directly designing the iPhone. We the people are designing the iPhone because we are giving them feedback. They're looking at that and they're saying we have to change it to fit their needs. The government is supposed to work in this same manner, yet it doesn't. It's incapable of doing it because, for one, it can't even understand what we're saying, because the only thing we're saying, the only way the government communicates to us is through votes. You know, and through pieces of paper and you would have to count, you have to go and read all these different pieces of paper. Most of the government is actually going paperless because it's it's just not an efficient way to deal with information now. There's lots. Once you go digital. okay. now we have extreme amounts of data. Now we got to we got to incorporate artificial intelligence, because what the artificial intelligence does is it subsidizes all of this data and analyzes all this data at a high rate of speed and gives us the information that we need when we need it. You know, that is pretty much the future of our government, which is why I'm talking about turning the constitution into a living AI and eventually make it a AGI, which is artificial general intelligence, where it is simply just talking to us. Just like we're talking, just like I'm talking to you, just like we talk to each other. It will eventually get to that point, but we're not even prepared to put it at that point right now because we haven't even uh, digitized our whole system enough to where all the data could be available. You know, like how many people, black people are in the United States? You can't ask any system that and get a definite answer. You can get some estimates, but you won't get a definite answer. But a, a system that is powerful enough to give you a direct answer on information like that, that is the system that we need. Because then people can... First, we know what's going on. Not only that, and we and we got to make this available to every individual. Not only do we need to know what's going on, but we need to know now we know exactly what's going on and we know all the perimeters to what's going on. How much money these people have? What's the exact median number of these people? How many of them live in this? If you got an artificial intelligence and now you can ask all kinds of questions that isn't associated with websites, but is actually associated with actual data and information that's inputted into the system through the people themselves, just just by being involved with the system. And you have direct information, direct numbers. OK, now that's a powerful system. Now we can better understand how to fix everything because we have direct numbers about everything, about who's here what we're doing, where everybody's at. And this information is supposed to, it needs to be in it, the public information needs to be available to every single individual. Therefore, our government is transparent. So it's not just, well, these representatives who can ask these questions and the artificial intelligence give them this information. No, every single citizen in the United States, every single citizen can say, oh, well, how many uh, black people in this city, how many white people in this city. Therefore, when people are trying to answer questions for themselves, they can get the answer for themselves. You know, um, we deal with social uh, uh, 
we deal with social psychosocial like racial issues in America. And a big prop, a big part of the problem is not that people aren't willing to learn, but it's just that people don't have the tools to learn and find out for themselves what the reality of our situation is. They just don't have that. And even if they have that, a lot of them aren't experts at dealing with information and statistics. And they're not going to it's too much time to waste to sit down and figure out how many black people and this and that, this and that. And then you have to trust the people who do that. How about we just make it to where everybody has access to the actual reality of the information of how many white people, how many black people, how many this, how many that to where we know every single thing. And we can make conclusions on our own about what we're going to do, whether it's starting a business or buying a home, whatever. We can figure all this information out ourselves. And that and, and then all of the things that we're doing is private. You know, this this information is not private. See, if the Constitution is giving you information about the U.S., the, the, the government doesn't have the right to take info to, to tap into that information. That's a direct violation of your constitutional rights. So you talking to an artificial intelligent. Uh, uh, so you talking to an artificial intelligent uh, uh, constitution is extremely protected. That is t- protected to the extreme, to the point to the point where, <coughs> with with um, uh, uh, Alexa, people can look at what you're saying. With Google, people can look at what you're saying. But with uh, uh, the Constitution, no one can be listening to what you and that it, that is saying. There is no records of that unless you have accumulated your own records. You decide to keep records of all the information that is kept into your government Facebook account. And you can go back and look at all the things that you've said and done. And then if you want to present that information to someone, you can, you know, uh, show this information to others or or make it public for everyone. Because you're trying to do something and you're trying to make changes in the world or you're you're trying to make a point. You know, this is the reality of what we need. We need right now on social media. There is no basis of truth. So no one really cares. So no one. No, it's not that people don't care, but people don't know what the truth is. So if you're a Republican, then you're subscribing to the Republican truth. If you're a Democrat, you're subscribing to the Democratic truth. If you're a Trump supporter, you're subscribing to the truth of Donald Trump. If whatever you are, you're subscribing to all these different truths because there's no founding for real truth. Because we don't know what the perimeters are of our reality. And it makes no sense because we are at a point where we can actually officially know what the perimeters are. This is a reality. And to know that information is to help us. And this is the reason why dealing with the drug problem the way that I'm saying deal with it is going to help. Because right now we don't know the perimeters of the drug industry. Like how much money is being made off of drugs? How much money is really being made off of drugs? Is it millions? Is it billions? Is it trillions? It could be trillions. We wouldn't know. There is no way to know. There's no way to know. All we know is cops make busts every now and then for millions of dollars of drugs. And, and it's an extreme amount. But what a lot of people don't understand is 
a lot of times those busts are planned just because they have quotas. 99.9% of drugs are getting in because the supply is so, the demand is so high. One shipment of drugs, multi-million dollar cocaine operation, they think they took it down. And it's like, no, that was an individual. The drug, the drug operation, you can't, cocaine, you can't take it down because it's spread out. Amongst hundreds of thousands of people who are making, who are all making millions, some of them millions daily because it's it's an industry and everybody's an individual player. So even the cops are playing into this. How much money is being made? Billions, maybe even trillions off of the entire population. Now, we, for one, we'll be able to quantify and know exactly how much money was made off of it. Second, the money that's made off of it will go into our, our future. We'll go into making better schools, better facilities, and investing into better, uh, better communities, br- bringing up our communities, bringing up our schools and everything, and making things better for our kids so that in the future, they won't decide to be drug addicts. Why? Because there's way more opportunity over here and your mind and body will be occupied with other things. See, people fall into drugs when they have nothing else to occupy their mind and their body and their time. Because drugs does a simple thing. It just makes you feel good. But what makes people feel better is being with other people, grouping with other people and doing positive things. This is the reason why I go against the church. You know, because the church teaches us that we are all no good people and that we are born of sin and we're always inertly bad. And therefore, in order to get in heaven, we have to give ourselves to Jesus. We have to go to church and put money in the collection plate. This is how you get to heaven. And this is so far from the truth. But it's accepted because it sounds good and the people look good who go to church and People look at the other people going to church and they just get this idea that this is all good. And they listen to the music and the, the, the teachings and everything at the church. So they be like, this is this is all good. The people who don't do this are bad. And that's just another crime and punishment set up for the people's minds. And these same people go to a, a jury and they see you. You know, you got tattoos and you had some drugs. They're going to convict you to go to jail. You know, and this is just a downward spiral because one side of the body is destroying the other side. So that person. So we're dying. We're all dying because of the reality that we are all one body. And so we got to start nurturing each other and nurturing ourselves. Scientists and and psychologists have already found through uh, laboratory experiments that Animals like rats, they did tests on rats and stuff like that. And they would give them a drug that made them feel good. They put them in a cage by themselves. They will do drugs until they die. But if they put them in a cage with a whole bunch of other rats, a whole bunch of the mice, they don't do the drugs as much. So what we have to do is pretty much involve people into the whole situation of life. 
make give everybody the responsibility to make decisions whether they get high or not and stop punishing each other and and then you know saying require people to be a part of the system america 2.0 requires that you vote not just on one thing the president every four years no you vote on everything that we possibly talk about doing the policies whether it be cities states or national policies you know, you grouping up with people. You feel like we need to fix the environment. There's an environmentalist group. You can go onto Facebook and find an environmentalist group, but they're not doing anything. They have no power. They have money, but it's their money they have to survive on. So they don't put it into the system of Facebook. But in this system, uh, America 2.0, these people have government control over government money. Their money, they do whatever they want. But this government money is to be used on the system for policies. So all of these people that are in this group are spending money. They're negotiating the spending of money on the environment. And the same thing for all the other groups. So now you become you, you have a life that is incorporated with all of the people in the United States. You're making decisions on the environment and how it's going to be manipulated and how it's going to change. And you're doing the things that help you, which effectively is going to help everyone else. And see, because there's no one person making all the money unless you're like me. You're the person who's coming up with the ideas of how to make the United uh, the situation better. If you are an environmentalist and you come up with a very awesome plan that doesn't cost much, that will change our environment for the better. And all of the people that's in this group of environmentalists, which could be possibly 40, 50 million people that all feel the way that you do. OK, and you show them this and it makes sense and it's within the budget. They will vote. Yes, let's do his plan. And then what you're talking about doing has been done and you will be rewarded for that. So now we have a system of actually be making a big difference in your own life as well as the lives of other people. And we're talking about doing this in all kind of ways. It's unfair for a person to do work and not be paid. It, that's very unfair, especially when it comes to creative work. That's a lot more. That's a lot of work to create something that is not that, that, that you don't have any example for. So in, in, in doing this, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You come up with a way to fix and to innovate the problem as I have, then you will have a humongous payment. In my case, I've come up with this, this plan. Now I don't have the votes yet, right? But if I get 50 million people voting for me, then I have effectively been paid a dictatorship. I've been given a dictatorship. I've earned a dictatorship because people didn't do this because I was the son of a king like with Kim Jong-un. I have paid for a dictatorship, literally, by just working for the people. They didn't vote for me because this was about making me a dictator or appeasing me in some kind of way. No, I offered I offered something and I creatively created something that makes life better for them. And that's what won their vote. And that's why I became a dictator. And that's the setup to show people you can you can you can 
You can own the world if you've got the right idea. You see, you can you can be on top of the world if you've got the right idea. And that is the future of mankind to be able to use our creative thinking skills to make our lives better. I am a symbol. My presidency is a symbol that my dictatorship is a symbol that's based on that principle. It's not based on the North Korean idea of somebody being a God. No, it's not based on that at all. It's based on the exact opposite. It's based on we changing the way that we live instead of it being based solely on capitalism, which is the destruction of your neighbor. It's based on, you know, us working together in a quantum computer to where the best answers rise to the top and they are rewarded. Okay? But the people on the uh, you, know, you know on the bottom are not really on the bottom. We are all equal. We are all equal in the system because anybody can rise up. Anybody who says, you know, I want to make a better life for myself, or I want to change something to make our lives better, then you will be rewarded. It's the same system of America, just upgraded and more efficient. Anyway, I just wanted to talk to everybody a little bit more about the system. And I'm going to start doing more of my talks about the system in this way so that I can show you because now it's, t- it's getting close to the election. And I want to show everybody, I want people to start understanding what exactly it is that I am doing that, you know, the interworkings of what we are doing. I'm trying to show everyone that we have got to make a change in America and also that this is the ultimate change. This plan, my plan, my whole plan is a complete overhaul of not just the government, but us people, the way that we think and the way that we negotiate and do business with each other, because we are going to evolve. This is an evolutionary change that we're going through, a technological change that we're going through in the United States. And we need to perfect ourselves in a way that makes more sense. So I'm putting this out there now. I just want to say another thing like You know, I call myself the Antichrist, black Jesus, you know, president of the United States. And I'm going to get more into that later. But I just want y'all to understand, because there's a lot of people who are saying they have a problem with me and the Antichrist name. They're like, okay, the Antichrist turns me off. Antichrist turns me off. Okay, I want you people to know and understand something. Okay. The Antichrist is the part of me where I, I am dealing with the truth, okay? I'm dealing with truth of our reality, the truth of our, our, our history, the truth of what our future can be. I'm, I'm solely going by the truth. I'm not doing this in the name of, of, of Christianity, I'm not doing this for Christianity or Christians. I didn't come up with this in the sense of being a Christian or being in Christianity or any church or religious ideas. I'm doing this purely and solely off of 
what the truth of the matter is of us and what the truth of the matter is of what is going to what is what we need to do to fix things. Like, for example, the drug problem, which would go against all of what the church believes and would go against all the people who go to church because they fundamentally believe in, you know, uh, uh, everybody's a sinner and everybody deserves to go to hell. And therefore, crime and punishment is spawned from this. And I am against crime and punishment. This is the reason that I call myself the Antichrist. This is the ultimate reason, because I am trying to create heaven, not just for Christians, but for everyone, no matter who you are, white, black, Christian, Muslim, whatever. I'm not taking the stance of any religion on the planet. I'm not even consorting with any religious religions on the planet. I'm consorting with my own creativity and understanding. I'm consorting with the information available today, with data, with information. I am not, I do not believe in Christianity for one, and I don't believe in any of the religions that are out today. I believe that there is some truth to them, but I don't believe that they are the ultimate truth. I believe they are deceptive. And I believe that you should be free to be a Christian. But I also believe that I should be free to not be a Christian. And that is the stance that I'm taking. I am not trying to take away anyone's religions. I am not to I am not here to uh, you know, punish people for their religion. I am not here to destroy religion. I am here to do what's right for people in the name of 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 of, of real life and of politics and of technology and how we're going to, you know, shape our future. And I'm and and therefore this is a message not just for the people of today, but this is also a message for the people of tomorrow. This is a this is a beacon in time that says no, the truth is 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 based on this man who is going from the truth of reality and we can create heaven that is what i'm trying to do i don't want to die and go to heaven i want to see heaven created here on earth because i feel like we can live in heaven not just in our minds and in our dreams but we can physically be living in heaven and that's the choice i've decided to Go towards that. I want to make heaven for us and for our children. So that was for the people that are looking at the Antichrist and thinking it has something to do with the with, with evil or things of that nature. That's not even that's no. In fact, I don't believe in evil. You know, I believe evil is a tool of religions. But anyway, yeah. I'm going to start talking more. I'm going to try to release something every day if I can until the election that goes in depth into what is what is this movement, what America 2.0 is and and the point of my campaign. Okay. until next time.